0: Good morning, good morning, happy Mother's Day to all the moms. Turn around, just look for someone who looks like a mom, just tell them happy Mother's Day. And we're so glad you're here. I also want to welcome all the guests that were threatened to come to church on Mother's Day, uh, where the mom in your life said, come to church with me or else, thank you for being here. Uh, You're not here by accident. I said that in the earlier service and there was a family, they were elbowing the mom and the mom was like, stop it, stop it. Because it was just too true. (laughs) Uh, But thank you so much for being in the house. We're we're so thankful to all the moms. we're going to take a moment to honor you and pray for you towards the end. But I just want to say thank you right up front. Because without moms, none of us would be here. Amen. So I know that was an obvious joke there. But, uh, you know. You have a unique strength and a grace about you, moms, that closely reflects the love of God because you sacrifice in ways that many people will never see. You bear the burdens that many people will never see being born. And, and, and it's, it reflects the heart of God who sacrificially gave himself for us on the cross. And so there's something super special about you, moms, and we just are so grateful for all of you. And, uh, you know, I always think about this, man. If men had to give birth, there would be far less people on this planet. Amen. <laughs> I mean, I watched my wife give birth to our three kids, and after the first one, I was like, nope, never again. I didn't even have to go through that. I was just present, you know, and then she's like, I want to have another one. I was like, you are crazy. I didn't realize I married a crazy person, but then I realized that's the heart of moms. You just There's so much love in you that you just want to give that love away, and so we're so grateful for all of you. Fun fact before we get into the message. Mother's Day is the third highest attended service in in churches all across the United States. because, you know, again, moms, you're amazing, right? Behind Christmas and Easter is Mother's Day. You know what the least attended service is? Father's Day. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> all, the, all the moms want their families in church and all the dads want to go golf. So we got to fix that, dads, all right? So um, Father's Day is coming up and we're going to turn the tide, I believe. Okay, that wasn't very convincing. All right, that's okay. But we're glad that you all are here. Thank you for being in the house. Um, you know, while Mother's Day is a celebration... Where we celebrate moms or grandmas and, and all that. It's also a very difficult day for a lot of people because on Mother's Day, we remember the people that have gone on before us, right? The people that are not going to be at the dinner time tonight. We think about even the, the challenges that we have in our families, and, and all of us have different dysfunctions and relationships and relationships that are tense, and it can be a very difficult time. Very often, we think about the mistakes that we made and the regrets. If we could do it over, and it can be a very difficult time for a lot of people. And so while we celebrate and we should and we ought to, we also want to know that it can be a very difficult time for a lot of people. But wherever you are in this journey of life, wherever we're at in this journey of faith right now, whether you're a mom, you're a dad, or, or, or any, anything in between, God wants you to know, I believe this morning, that you're not alone. Wherever you find yourself in this journey, whatever challenges you're facing, I believe the Bible would tell us you are not alone. Alone, And that's the title of my message here this morning on this Mother's Day, you are not alone. Turn to your neighbor and tell them you are not alone. All of us are going to face different ups and downs, different challenges, highs and lows, disappointments, failures. And God would want us to know you're not alone. We were never meant to do this alone, and we don't have to do this alone. That no matter what our past has been like, our future can be different because God wants to walk with us through and to empower us in whatever may come next. And I I thought this morning, I want to look at one of the most famous mothers in all of history and learn some lessons from her life. And it's Mary, the mother of Jesus. There's a lot of lessons from her faith and her journey that I think God wants us to apply to our lives today, whether you're a mom or a dad or, or wherever you're at. And oftentimes we talk about Mary around Christmas time, right? When we start talking about the birth of Jesus and all that. But I think her story is going to be pertinent to us here today. For those of you who may be new, an angel visited this young woman by the name of Mary who grew up in a very small town of Nazareth, a very obscure place, and gave her a message saying that she's going to bear the Christ child, the Messiah, the Son of God on the earth. And we're going to pick up the story here in Luke chapter 1. And as we look at Mary's story, apply lessons for our own faith in all the journeys that we would walk uh, in this life. So we find here Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 30. The angel came to her and gave her this message. He said, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and will give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. The angel came to Mary and gave her a calling, a purpose. And the first thing we see here is we need to receive God's calling into our lives. All of us are here on purpose and for a purpose. None of us are here by accident. Amen. You're not here on the planet by accident. Neither are you in this room by accident. God has a purpose for your life. And he wants to reveal that purpose. And we need to receive the calling that God has for us. Mary was given a calling, a very specific calling by this angel. You're going to give birth to the Christ child, the Messiah, the Savior that is to come into the world. How many of you think that's a pretty hefty calling? I mean, that's a pretty big calling. You know, I don't think I would really want that calling. But whether big or small, every single one of us has a calling by God. We're not here by accident. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you're not here by accident. And this is so important because sometimes the circumstances surrounding our lives can seem purposeless. Isn't that true? When we look at the different things that are going on, the circumstances, the chaos, the brokenness, the pain, the disappointment, it sure can seem like life has no purpose. And one of the devil's greatest strategies is to make us believe that there is no God and there is no purpose for your life. So that we live careless, purposeless lives of mediocrity, obscurity, and ultimately futility. But God is real and he has a purpose for you. He didn't make you by accident. And some of you need to hear that today because you've been looking at the circumstances surrounding your life and you've been saying, There's no purpose in this. There's no meaning in this. There's no hope in this. In Christ, there is always hope. Amen? And in Christ, there is always purpose. And God loves to take the mess of our lives and turn it into a masterpiece. The question is not, Can God take the mess and make it into a masterpiece? The question is, Will we trust Him and will we walk with Him and allow Him to take our mess? and turn it into a masterpiece. Can I hear an amen to that? So Mary received this calling. She understood, okay, this is a big deal. But like her, every single one of us has a calling by God. Look at what the Bible says here in Jeremiah 29, 11. This is the prophet speaking to the nation of Israel and all of God's people by extension. He said, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. God has plans for you. He has a hope for you, and he has good plans to give you a hope and a future. We need to receive that calling and choose to walk in that calling. The challenge in all of our lives is going to be to discover that purpose and then to walk it out. And that's what Pearlside Church, we're here. We want to help you along on that journey. And so that's why we exist. That's why we're here. And so Mary, receive this purpose. You have a purpose. We need to receive that purpose and begin to walk in it. But along the path of fulfilling this purpose or fulfilling God's calling, inevitably, We're all going to experience contradictions to the calling. Every single one of us will experience contradictions. And Mary, right at the very beginning, experienced a contradiction. Verse 34, after receiving this calling, she said, how will this be since I am a virgin? This is impossible, God. This calling that you're telling, you're giving to me doesn't make any sense. It seems impossible. And right at the onset, she experienced and faced a contradiction to the calling that was given to her. And this is what the angel said. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. And look at Mary's reply. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. See, in all of our lives, we're going to face contradictions, and our response to the opposition and the contradiction to God's calling is to confront that contradiction. Confront that contradiction with faith, and all of us need to do that. She endured not just that, that moment, because many theologians believe and historians believe Mary was probably around 14 years old when she gave birth to Christ. Now, I know we go, well, that's, that's pretty young in our day and age, but back then, that was common. That's when you kind of had a baby, but at the same time, she was going, this is impossible because I'm not even married yet. How does this, how does this even work? But she also endured other contradictions in opposition to her calling. After finding out that she was pregnant with with Jesus, she had to travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem to do, do the census thing. And when they traveled, they didn't load Mary, pregnant Mary, right, into like a Land Rover, you know what I'm saying, and like journey across the desert. No, it was on donkey back, right? And they had to camp out in the wilderness. They didn't stay at the Holiday Inn, you know. And now I remember when my wife was pregnant, I did everything I could to try to make her comfortable. I certainly would not have loaded her on a donkey and traveled, you know, all the way through the desert to go to Vegas. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the last thing that I would do. And if you're married, too, I'd be thinking, you know, okay, God called me to do this great thing. Surely there's going to be some perks in this, right? Like, can angels fly us there? Like, seriously, like, but she had to endure hardships in the journey. And then even after Jesus was born, they had to flee from Bethlehem to Egypt because people were coming to kill the baby. And again, if I'm her, I'm going, this this doesn't seem like the purpose of God. I thought I would be blessed. I thought if I did God's will, things would be going perfectly. And, And yet she had to face these oppositions and not give up. And many of us are in that place. Maybe our marriages didn't turn out the way that we want. Maybe our relationship with our children didn't turn out or isn't turning out the way that we want. Maybe we're dealing with financial challenges that seem to contradict the word of God in our lives. Maybe there's health challenges. All of us are going to go through different challenges or contradictions. Can I encourage you? Don't give up in the face of those challenges. Amen. Don't quit. Because as the title of my message says, you are not alone. And if we receive God's calling, he will be with us in the calling to empower us to fulfill the calling. Don't give up when things get hard. Can I hear an amen to that? Don't give up. Because there is a very real devil that would love nothing more than for you and I to quit in the face of opposition. And to turn our back on God and go the opposite direction. Just as much as God is real, there's a very real devil, the Bible says, that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And if we quit, he wins. We need to keep on persevering, keep on pursuing, keep on being faithful as you'll see. And God will show up in those moments and will empower us to fulfill the purpose that God has for our lives. But we shouldn't be shocked when we face contradictions and opposition. If Mary faced it and many others, so will you and I. But if they can overcome, so will you and I. Can I hear an amen to that? We talked about Mother Mary in this message. I want to talk to you about another famous mother who dealt with this contradiction to the call of God. It's a person by the name of Mother Teresa. And many of you know her and heard of her at least. But she experienced a contradiction and expressed it in her journals or her writings that were discovered after her death. But she was called by God to serve the poorest of the poor in Calcutta in India. And on October uh, 7, 1950, Mother Teresa founded what was called the Missionaries of of Charity. And in her words, to feed the hungry, the naked, the homeless, the crippled, the blind, the lepers, all those who feel unwanted, unloved, uncared for throughout society, people that have become a burden to the society and are shunned by everyone. That was her heart. She felt that was my calling by God to do this. Now, how many of you think that's a good thing? And she did a great thing out there, cared for tens of thousands of people over her lifetime, some people say. So much so that in 1979, she was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize for her selfless work, giving her life away to others, living in poor, the poorest of poor conditions to serve other people. But after her death, some of her journals and writings and letters came to light that expressed and exposed her the contradictions that she was dealing with inside of her own soul. In fact, in a letter she wrote to a friend, she she said this, "'Please pray specifically for me that I may not spoil his work "'and that our Lord may show himself. "'For there is such terrible darkness within me.'" This is Mother Teresa writing. "'Such terrible darkness within me as if everything was dead. "'It has been like this more or less from the time I started the work.'" From the very beginning, Mother Teresa was dealing with what she calls "'a deep, a terrible darkness within herself.'" As if everything was dead. Have you ever felt that way? In the midst of doing what you know you need to do, the the day in and the day out, the Monday to Sunday routine, sometimes it can feel dead on the inside, can't it? She wrote in another letter, such deep longing for God and yet repulsed, she said. Empty, no faith, no love, no zeal. This is Mother Teresa. The saving of souls, she said, holds no attraction to me. Heaven means nothing. Pray for me that I keep smiling at him in spite of everything. She's expressing this to friends and confidants in her letter. And, you know, after her letters and these journals came to light, a lot of people were kind of shook by that. They were like, like some of you this morning, you're like, Mother Teresa dealt with that? And they couldn't understand how this person who did so much and was living so faithfully for God could express such a deep darkness within their soul. And a lot of people were a little disillusioned. Wait, what was going on? Was she a fraud? Like, what's happening? When you understand what the Bible teaches, it doesn't say we're never going to go through seasons of darkness. It doesn't say we're never going to experience contradictions. In fact, the Bible, go read the psalm, man. David was depressed half of the time. And a lot of the the biblical people that we read about went through some really hard stuff. And if you've walked with God for any period of time, you know that you're going to go through some tough stuff in life. Faith is not determined by our emotions, and how we feel in a moment, when we're angry with our spouses, when we're angry with our kids, when things aren't turning out, when disappointments happen. That's not what faith is. Faith is choosing to follow God in spite of those things, in spite of the darkness, in spite of the disappointment, in spite of the emotions that say everything opposite. We choose to keep on following God and his word. That's what true biblical faith is. Not always having the fuzzy feelings and the unicorns and rainbows dancing around. Like, no, 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 that's, that's, that's easy to have faith in those moments. It's in the deep darkness when disappointment sets in, when the reality of hardship sets in, and we choose to follow anyway. That's what true faith is. And maybe some of you are in that place right now. You can relate to Mother Mary, and you're feeling like, I mean, Mother Teresa, sorry, and Mother Mary. You can relate. And you say, man, I feel that deep darkness. It feels like everything is dry when I have to help my kids with their homework. Somebody should have said amen right there because that's, that's deep darkness in our household. Oh. <laughs> when things don't go the way that they should, when that marriage falls apart or is challenged or is tense, when things are going wrong, when things are going hard and we face these contradictions, that's where real faith kicks in, where we choose to follow and serve and do the right thing even when we don't feel like it. That's what real faith is. And Mother Teresa demonstrated that that's where her faith was. In the midst of those emotions and feelings, here's what she wrote. I will, not, I will accept not in my feelings, but with my will, the will of God. I accept his will. She understood that my feelings are going to say all kinds of stuff. And I'm not going to live based off of my feelings, but I'm going to live according to the will of God. And that's when she was able to finish strong and won the Nobel Prize a little bit later on and you and I are going to go through seasons like that maybe you're in a season like that right now can I encourage you don't give up don't follow your feelings follow the will of God because he will be with you in it and maybe you're here today and you're saying I don't know God I don't know how to follow the will of God well that's why we're here we want to help you to discover that purpose to know him to follow him and you'll discover that purpose in your life we hope to be able to partner with you along in that journey but we're all going to go through seasons like that and maybe you're there right now And you're staring down the tunnel of life and you can barely see light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe it seems dark. Maybe it seems hopeless right now. You are not alone. God wants to be with you in the middle of it to pull you through it and to give you victory in the midst of whatever you're facing. Can I hear an amen to that? Don't give up. Don't give up. She experienced this contradiction, Mary did, like Mother Teresa did, like all of us did. And she didn't give up. And we see what happened Right, right next after this, verse 39 tells us, At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to the town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. Remember, the angel to- told her, here's a confirmation, here's a sign. Your cousin Elizabeth's going to be pregnant too. In the midst of dealing with contradictions, she ran. She got up quickly, it says. Another translation says she hurried to the house of Elizabeth. She ran there because that's where she was going to find encouragement. She ran to meet Elizabeth. Verse 41, and when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby in her womb, because remember Elizabeth's pregnant too, the baby in her womb leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you, Mary, among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored, she asked, that the mother of my Lord should come to me. As soon as the sound of your blessing reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And it says, verse 56, Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. The third thing that we can learn from Mary's story is we need to seek confirmation. Seek the confirmation. We receive the calling. We confront the contradiction and we seek the confirmation. Mary knew, I need to go and talk to Elizabeth. I need to get around her to be encouraged in my faith. And she went quickly, it says. She ran quickly to go and be with her cousin. And when she met her and when she was there, something happened on the inside. When Elizabeth heard her voice, the baby inside of her leapt. And you know what? You ever get around some people and they encourage you and something inside of you leaps? Something inside of you comes alive? We all need friends like that. Amen? In the face of the challenges that we go through and the opposition that is inevitable, we need people in our lives that we can run to that are going to put courage into us. Encourage us. Build us up. Lift us up. That's why one of the reasons why in this church we build around what we call our small groups. And we want everyone to be in a small group. So that you're getting regular encouragement, regular confirmation of the call of God in your life. And throughout the years, people would say, well, you know, I don't need any more friends. I got friends. But the question that I have for you is, are your friends going to confirm the call of God in your life? Are they going to encourage you with the word of God? Are they going to encourage you for the plans of God? Because if not, then you do need to get around some other people. You need an Elizabeth that you can run to, to be filled with courage and filled with faith. I know during some of the darkest times of my life, it was the guys in my small group that encouraged me, that helped me to continue on and to persevere in the midst of deep darkness. We all need that. Can I hear an amen? Amen. And you need that. If you're not in a small group and if you don't go regularly, you need to because we all need that encouragement because life is hard. We live in a fallen world where the devil would love nothing more than to get us to turn our back on God. But when we get around the right people, I don't know about you, I leave my group encouraged. Sometimes I come in discouraged. I'm the pastor. That's not good, you know. Uh, But I leave encouraged by the men that God's placed around me. We all need that. Who do you have in your life? You got to get that. And by the way, if your life is going great right now, then you need to go and encourage somebody else. Don't only go when you need something. That's kind of selfish. We need to go to encourage other people that may be going through a difficult season. We all need to seek confirmation from others. And God places us in families and in relationships and in church families to encourage the call of God in all of our lives. Studies show us that processing our journey with other people, healthy, healthy people that can encourage us, leads to greater mental health, which is a big issue in our society today. It leads to greater mental health, greater flexibility, which is a sign of mental health. Resilience is another. Hopefulness and joy. We need people around us like Elizabeth who can encourage us. Who do you have in your life? We want to encourage you to be part of one of our smoggers. We'd love to help you get connected. You'll hear more about that later. Because we can't and we're never meant to do life alone. We need to seek confirmation just as Mary did. And then lastly, she stayed with her for three months. She was able to cry out a confession from her heart. In the face of opposition, in the face of all the challenges, and the many more that Mary would face down the road, her confession of faith came out of this time of encouragement with her cousin Elizabeth. And look at what she, she says. Mary said, "My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for He has been mindful of the humble state of His servant." Now watch this. She said this. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. How many of you love to testify to that? All generations are going to call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy in His name is His name. I want to point out here. She's Speaking in faith. Nothing has really happened yet. Jesus hadn't been born yet. She hadn't seen any of the miracles, the signs, and the wonders yet. She's testifying in faith in advance of the the miracle, in advance of the breakthrough, in advance of God's blessing in her life. How can you do that? How can you give thanks for something that hasn't happened yet? See, when you get around the right people and you get around God and you let the Holy Spirit fill you and all the things, we're able to see instead of darkness at the end of the tunnel, we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And the tunnel gets shorter and shorter and shorter. And the light gets brighter and brighter and brighter. We can see in faith what is yet to come. And Mary was able to do that and cry out that confession. Because she had the right perspective and the right things in her life. And she began to realize, I'm not alone. I'm not alone in this. I got Elizabeth. God is with me. The mighty one is with me. And when you have God and other people on your side, you can face almost anything. In fact, you can face anything because... If God is for us, who can be against us? And maybe you're in that place right now. I want to encourage you, don't give up. You're not alone. God wants to walk you through whatever challenge, whatever storm, whatever trial is in your life today and whatever may come your way. But we got to walk with him. We got to allow him into our lives. And as we journey with him, we can overcome whatever trial life may throw at us next. And I want to illustrate and to bring this message to a close. We talked about Mother Mary. We talked about Mother Teresa. I want to tell you about another mother in our church we'll call her mother camille uh, <laughs> i'm talking about pastor camille um, and i i knew her 20 some years ago as simply Auntie camille and her faith has been such an encouragement to many of you in this room and watching online but she experienced opposition in her life lots of different things but for the sake of time this morning one notably was when she became unexpectedly pregnant with her f- fifth child After having a procedure done not to have babies anymore, she found herself to be pregnant and faced opposition along the way where doctors said, this baby's not going to make it. You should terminate the pregnancy. But God had other plans, and Pastor Camille trusted in him and discovered that she was not alone. Take a look up on screen as we visit this story and may it encourage your faith for whatever you're going through and whatever you may face. Take a look on screen.
1: After our fourth child, uh, we decided not to have any more children. So I went in for procedure. However, in December, I felt all the symptoms of pregnancy. So I called my doctor, he examined me on the table, and he said, you're pregnant. And he, he looked at me, seriously, he says, we are recommending an abortion. And I looked at him like, why? The type of medication that ran through my body should have aborted the child already. He said, if you're gonna have this child, you need to prepare yourself. More than likely, you may not um, carry a full term, or um, he may be a deformed child. And I said, we are gonna have this child. It was time for me to go in to deliver, and all my births, all the four births, I saw the delivery. But when I went in there, first thing I saw was uh, they draped the mirror, and that kind of blew me away. And I said, take that off. And he says, no, doctor recommended that you not see the birth. And on the third push, he came out, and they slapped him once, and he didn't cry. They slapped him the second time, he didn't cry. Then I said, God, come on, you know, come on, God. And on the third, he cried and the baby was wrapped up in baby blue blanket and blue bonnet. And he came to me and he came to me and he says, this is your miracle, this is your miracle child. This fifth child, his name is Ki Makaniolo Omo. Makaniolo means gentle breeze. And the reason why it was that last breath I took and the breath he took to cry. So I named him after that experience to breathe
2: life. I don't know what it, what it was like to have this conversation with doctors and specialists. I knew it was a tough one. And so I have a great appreciation for my mom. All she needed to know was what Jesus wanted her to do, and she said yes.
1: Quoting scripture, knowing scripture, helped get me through because those words are promises. Today, I can reflect back and to think if I listened to the doctors, I would have aborted a pastor, a father of four, a man of God, a church planner, and a whole congregation. But one decision, by listening to God and having faith in God, Impacted his life today.
2: That story was one of the few stories that continually reminded me of God's goodness, faithfulness. The same way He took care of my mom, is the same way He'll take care of me. There was a big, big moment in, in our family, uh, our firstborn, into the first couple months of finding out that our wife was pregnant. We, we found out there's complications. It was hard, it was extremely, extremely hard. But the fear of uncertainty was definitely real.
1: And I remember, I said, son, what I've gone through, you too can do it. I would take Selah to God in my prayer. I could plead, I could intercede because I'd been there. As a son, if he can give you me, he will deliver her from this.
2: My daughter is a, is a preteen right now. She's such a joyful girl. Even though she has some complications to this day, she knows Jesus personally. She loves worship music. She loves singing. She loves dancing for the Lord. And when I look at her, in the same way that I remember the story of my mom, I look at her and I think about, the goodness and the faithfulness of God.
1: I look back, and the greatest strength I can see as a mom is love. Is loving unconditional. Loving when it hurts. Is loving when you don't understand. And to give your best, no matter what. To the mothers, don't ever stop praying. God hears. God knows. It is so important that we don't give up and we keep praying for our children.
0: Amen. <laughs> Pearlside Church, will you help me welcome... Pastor Camille Omo. You know what I love about your story, Pastor Camille, is you didn't give up in the face of that opposition. You didn't let the contradiction deter your faith. But because of the relationship you would built with Christ for years, it was able to come out in that moment. How would you encourage us, the moms, dads, every, all of us, when we face these contradictions, how would you encourage mm-hmm. us from... Your life and the things that you've experienced
1: but my mother's point of view and a grandmother's point of view i just want to be very specific these stories never grow old they grow stronger and as mothers new mothers i've seen pregnant mothers walk in here mothers who want to be mothers one day mothers who have lost children along the way mothers who cry for the prodigals that have gone astray with drugs and drinking, mothers that have gone before us, before God. Our God hears our cry. In our inmost soul, we hunger to say, God help me, give me wisdom to raise these children the way you want us to raise them. My encouragement is never give up praying. Never give up loving them. Never do life alone. He will never leave you or forsake you. And as mothers, sometimes we don't feel appreciated. We're non-existent. But in God's eyes, we are existent. And in God's eyes, He is with us because He will never leave us or forsake us. As a mother, as a parent, as a family. Our God is true. And He's great. And He wants us to trust Him in every sense of that word, trust. And Pastor Bill talked about relentless prayer last week. And he talked about faith. Over the emotions, we fight the fear with faith as we move forward. So as we press towards the goal which he called us heavenward in Christ Jesus, God has a plan for every one of our children when we never give up.
0: Amen. How about a hand? Thank you, Pastor Camille. Awesome. don't give up. God's not done with you yet. Amen? Don't give up. He's not done with that situation yet. Don't give up. He's not done with that relationship yet or that son, that daughter, that husband, that spouse. Don't give up because God is with you. When God is with you, who can be against you? This confidence that we have, that Pastor Camille had to to stand in the face of the opposition came because she knew Jesus Christ. Jesus was in her heart. The Holy Spirit was working through her. And we need to let Jesus Christ in in order for him to work in our lives as I said earlier there's no limit to what God can do but we got to let him in we got to give him access and many times we feel like we got to do things on our own because we're resisting the help that he wants to give to us and I want to give you an opportunity this morning to open up your heart to allow Jesus Christ in there's no prerequisite there's no hoops that you got to jump through there's nothing you need to do other than to trust in him as your Lord and Savior and if you'll do that God comes in And he helps us through the storms of our lives. And I want to give you an opportunity this morning. Maybe you're here and you're saying, man, yeah, I need to do that. Maybe you've believed in the past and you've walked away. Or you're brand new to this whole church thing. You are saying, man, I need that strength that she has. It comes through a person. His name is Jesus. I want to give you an opportunity today to receive him as your Lord, your Savior. And to receive the help and the strength that you'll need in your time of need as well. If you believe that he died on the cross for your sins, that he rose from the dead, and you're ready to follow him, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me as I pray aloud. Will you bow your heads with me all across this room? If you're here today and you're saying, man, I need that, I need the Lord to help me in my life and in these situations and storms. And you're ready to follow him. Again, no hoops you got to jump through. All you need is faith. Pray this prayer with me as I pray aloud. And invite Jesus Christ to be your Lord and your Savior. Church, you can pray with those who may be praying for the first time today. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. And I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And that you rose again. Breaking its power over my life. I open my heart to you. To be my Lord and Savior. Help me to walk with you. All the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. With every head bowed and every eye closed, still closed, you prayed that prayer this morning for the first time and you meant it, and you invited Jesus to be the Lord of your life. The Bible says to make that declaration public and myself and some of our pastors and leaders as witnesses. On the count of three, I'd like you to just quickly lift up your hand. I want to say a quick prayer for you, if that's you. On the count of three, one, two, three. Lift up your hand if you prayed that today. Thank you. Keep your hand up for just another moment. Thank you. Thank you over there. Thank you in the back. Thank you up top. Father, I just pray for those that opened up their hearts to you today for the first time. God, I pray that beyond this moment, this will be the beginning of a lifelong, eternal relationship with God. And I pray that you will let them know how precious they are to you, how much you love them, and the plan and the purpose that you have for their life that is not done yet. And you're not done yet with those storms and situations. And I pray faith would fill every heart to persevere, to endure strengthen us today we pray as we walk with you in jesus name you can put your hands down amen and amen how about a hand for those who responded to the lord today i want to just first of all say congratulations on making the most important decision you ever make which is to follow jesus christ as your lord and savior you'll hear some next steps in just a little bit on how we can help you along in that journey but for the for, for the rest of us could we all just stand together at this time i'm going to ask the worship team to lead us through this chorus of worship. And as we sing, I'd like you to lift your burdens to the Lord. Whatever that opposition is, whatever that contradiction is that you're facing, let's place it at the feet of Jesus and believe for, for his strength and his spirit to help us to persevere through whatever we face. Amen. Let's draw close to him this morning.